Welcome to the IBS podcast. Today we're talking to Jon Erik Setsos, VP of Innovation and Identity at the digital identity specialist Signicat. Who is Signicat and what role do you play within the digital identity space? Signicat works with a regulated business. We work primarily with banks, finance uh, industries that have uh, higher than normal requirements on knowing their customers. We help them to provide an identity lifecycle. This lifecycle starts with the onboarding. That's the first time you meet a new customer. You need to find out who they are. And we have mechanisms for doing this digitally online because that's what people want. Then next part of the life cycle is the customer coming back. So you need some sort of authentication mechanism, knowing it's the same user that onboarded. And finally, we have the electronic signatures where you commit to some contract or consent to some conditions and so on. So we look at this entire life cycle and we provide the tools to help organizations set this up. You are a Norwegian company, but you've also got a fair bit of expansion going on. Do you want to talk a little bit about which markets you're going into? Yeah, we are Norwegian based. We were founded in 2006. Our whole market is the Nordics. So we are very strong in Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and Finland. We support all the EIDs in uh, these countries. We have expanded into the Netherlands. We have had an office there for a few years, uh, working with the EIDs in, in the Netherlands. Uh, we are working now in uh, Germany. We have established last year an office in, uh, in Germany, so we're working on the German market as well. So our strategy is to grow, to increase the size of the company. And this also resulted in the acquisition of Connectis that was announced just a few weeks ago. With EID, can you explain how that works and the role that plays within the Norwegian and Scandinavian markets and the potential it could have to bring that into other regions? Absolutely. So an EID is a verified digital identity. You could, in one sense, compare it to a physical identity paper, but it's digital. So I have only one passport. So regardless of where I travel, I show my same passport to all countries, all border controls, and I can use this for identification as well. In the digital world, we know that we have all these different kinds of accounts. For every provider, you'd have your own credentials, your own login, your own password you need to remember. This is where EID comes in. This is a verified identity. It's verified typically by a bank. That's why in Norway it's called bank ID. In Sweden it's called bank ID. There are others as well. But you can reuse this for a lot of different purposes, including onboarding, authentication, and signatures, all part of this journey I mentioned. So if I want to become customer of a new bank, well, I go to that bank, I use bank ID, and I'm validated because I've already been asserted that I'm really John Eric and not somebody else. In the Nordics, there's about 26 million people. Coverage of EIDs is around 90%. And on average, we all use it about four times per week for all kinds of different purposes, not only banking. I log into my insurance. I did my taxes uh, last weekend. I log in with bank ID. If I was to apply to education, I would use bank ID. If I wanted to accept the position, I would use bank ID. And even the most amusing story, if for some reason I wanted to go to tanning salon, there's an age verification. I have to be over 18 to go there. Guess what? I use bank ID because that's a verified identity. So a lot of good examples on using bank ID. Another one as well, when you get a child, you have to give your child a name. And parents both have to agree on a name. Previously, we filled in the paper form. And of course, on the way to the office, the one parent could change it. Now, each parent 
uses Bank ID to sign that they agree on this name for the baby. For those who don't know Bank ID, what happens is when you, when you go to site to login, you get a challenge. And that challenge consists of two different words. And this is made in a very amusing way because it's an adjective and a noun. So it could be funny dog or crazy ant or even during Christmas, they change it to, you know, fantastic Santa or at Easter, you know, you could have a boiled egg or, you know, this randomized combination of words, which makes it funny because what I need to do, I see these words and then I look at the phone, I should see the same words. And if they don't match, well, there's something wrong and I should abort and report that there's a problem. I've seen other solutions doing the same thing, but just with a number. Numbers are boring. I mean, if you see a five-digit number, it's boring, right? But sometimes you get these words are actually too close to home. I mean, when you're doing something, you could get crazy isolation would be, you know, could pop up today. And that would be, okay, you would remember this. And it brings the awareness of people to check this. So it's a mechanism for creating this on, on both ends to prevent that there's a man in the middle attack that sits between her and can catch my login and use it further. Do you see this working the same way in, for example, the Dutch market? What we're seeing now is that some markets are beginning to use this. In the Netherlands, there are two different EIDs. It's the IDIN, which would be like the bank ID, and it's the DigiID, which is a government ID. These are currently in separate spaces, but I know there's ongoing work now, and hopefully then you would be able to use your IDIN also for government services. That's something that's in progress right now. People are not really aware of it yet. It's not being used a lot, but I think we're seeing an increase now in, in the Benelux area with these two. Similarly, in Belgium, you have It's Me, which is, seems to be a successful EID method as well. And of course, I mean, I, I joked about the usage, but I mean, the benefit for me as the user is having one EID I use for many purposes. The benefit for the service provider is they receive already validated information. They don't need to start from scratch and collect all this information. And in general, for society, this will mean less fraud. Fraud is a good point. But I guess one main concern for people who are not used to it is the fact that it's one login and once that one's breached, then they can log into everything. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a concern. The main challenge we see in Norway are close relations sharing credentials, even voluntarily saying, hey, can you just fix this for me? Here's my bank ID password and here's my phone. Or close relatives living together that sort of can guess each other's and they have access to the phone. So what I need to log in with bank ID, well, it's connected to my cell phone. So when I set it up, I bind it to my cell phone. So I need to have that one. And I need to have this secret pin code I use for authenticating. And as long as I keep that pin code secret, well, nobody else can use that. But of course, if then a close relative knows this, and I guess that, that's been the fraud cases in Norway, close relatives. If I share it voluntarily, I violate the terms and conditions. And anybody with my credentials can make a legally binding electronic signature on my behalf, which is a very good reason for not sharing it. Because if you knew my bank ID credentials and login, you could sign off for anything. Back to Connectus, Signicat just finalized the deal a few weeks back to acquire this Dutch identity specialist. 
How did that come about? Is this something you're doing to kind of expand in the market? So we have a strategy to expand. We have been growing uh, organically with 40% per year over 10 years. So we had quite a big expansion, but we want to grow further. We got new owners about a year ago. Uh, Nordic Capital came in and we have a strategy to, to grow even further. We are market leader in the Nordics. We do have an office in, in the Netherlands. I'm working there. But we saw this very fit with Connectis, who is the market leader in the Netherlands. They are doing a lot of similar stuff. We have different markets. They work in health. They work in government. But doing some of the same things, they have integrations with the EIDs. So what this means is we are now 250 identity experts in the same company. We are the European market leader on digital identity with the two companies. We're in the two most mature regions of, of the world, I would say, in digital identity, working together in this. And we provide the best digital identity journey because of all these uh, services, all this knowledge we have in these markets. What I've been thinking about is also the, the UK market. It's a very manual one. Is that one you've looked at entering? Because I know there's quite a bit of conversation among companies there to create a universal identity. We have tried to do something in the UK. We did have an office there. In the UK, they tried to do the GovUK Verify scheme, which was supposed to be an uh, EID, to do similar as the Nordics. I mean, there are several challenges with the UK in one sense, more conservative, more competitive. I mean, setting up a scheme like Bank ID takes cooperation. That's what happened in the Nordics. The banks in Nordics sat together around the table. Let's not compete on security and identity. And that's how it was possible to establish something like this. When you have more competitive market, this is going to be more difficult. So UK has been struggling, I think, for some time on this. And yes, you're right. There's still a lot of manual work and also little cooperation. So everybody's trying to do this separately instead of joining forces and saying, well, this identity challenge is something we should try to do together. So I still think UK is pretty far behind both the Benelux and the Dach regions in this digital identity space. And another thing we have to talk about is, uh, of course, the coronavirus and how that is uh, affecting people because people are sitting more at home and are becoming much more of a target for cybercrime because everything is now happening online. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting questions around that, of course. And I saw uh, interesting questions on one of the social media here asking who is responsible for digitizing your organization? And there were three answers. Is it the CEO? Is it the CTO? Or is it COVID-19? And it sort of puts the point now we are forced to think more digitally. Because we can no longer say, well, come into our branch and show your identity papers. We are isolated. So we have to do this digitally, which becomes a stronger incentive for organizations to look more into digitization in general. And of course, one of the first things you run into is, well, who is the customer? What's the identity? So you run into the identity problems fairly soon because you need to know, and especially when you regulate it, you're under the anti-money laundering directive. You have to know the identity. So that's why I think from that perspective, we're seeing a lot of creativity going on in the space of working digitally, working remotely. And this also then puts more focus on, well, who are people? How can we identify them? 
which again is an important part of this uh, digitization process. And do you think this could be a catalyst for more universal schemes and for EID? Yeah, I think it's going to boost the ones we already have. I mean, like I said, in the Nordics, we are pretty well off already. But I think like in the regions where these are emerging now, in the Benelux area, in the German area, I think this awareness as well, maybe this digital identity thing is not really that stupid after all. Maybe we should, you know, go down this road and, and do more business digitally pretty much because we have to. We need to sign. I mean, a lot of places you're signing contracts still on paper, but we're seeing more and more organizations. Well, how can we do this digitally? How is this electronic signatures? Can we do that? And of course, are you going to do an electronic signature? It brings back to the identity because you need to know who is signing. So yes, I, I think this will be a catalyst. I think we'll see more usage of digital identity services as a result of this isolation we're in uh, right now.